What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to Nerdwide Podcast. It is July 4th as of this recording, so you've got this get up today, and you're just going to have to roll with it. I am going to take the glasses off because I don't want to uh, you know, show everything that's on the screens and behind the wait scenes minute, here. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh. Describe the get up because some of these oh, people sorry, don't listen. watch the video. So I am in a red, white, and blue flag romper with my exclusive club Diet Coke hat and sunglasses on. Of course, this is for all the Diet Coke VIPs in the world. We got these sent out to us and uh, decided to wear my little bucket hat. It doesn't really go with me. You know, I don't look, I, you know, I can pull anything off, but it's not one of my go-to styles. But kind of look like Gilligan from Gilligan's Island. You know, to each their own. <laughs> Guys, this is the Nerdwide Podcast, episode 32. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my main man right here beside me, uh, Mr. Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, what? I'm excited about this week. What's going on? We've got a lot of things coming up. We've got Black Widow uh, on Thursday. We're going to go watch that together for one of the first showings of it here in our town. And... Mm-hmm. Um, We've got a lot to talk about this week as far as news and things going as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun, so I want to jump right into it. Guys, quick housekeeping. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting services of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave a thumbs up on our YouTube or give us a good rating for your podcasting apps. If you don't enjoy the show, if, uh, if you don't enjoy what you like to see or hear anything, make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know what you don't like or what we can improve on to help so we can help with new members, things like that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to do the extra, tell little... us how much and yeah, go ahead. Tell us how much and why we suck. <laughs> we can't we can't fix anything if you don't let us know. But if you want to go the extra mile, of course, there is always Patreon.com/slash/NerdWide. There's three tiers there. You could go in there, toss us a couple bucks, give you a couple little exclusive items, in that way. So let's get right into this. I talked last week in our TV section of what I've been watching. Uh, Black Lightning just uh, dropped its newest season. I was going to watch it. Did not expect to finish it, but I sure did. Um, So it was very good. They tied up a lot of things. I felt like some things were tied up a little too much. I still don't like Lynn. I have never liked the Lynn character. Uh, It did not change in its eight and last season. Just letting everyone know it did not change. Um, So they're still written, though, that if Black Lightning, Thunder, Painkiller, or any any of them, really, any of the characters wanted to come back for a Flash episode or anything like that, they can. Um, There's nothing crazy that happened. There was a uh, Jennifer Pierce had a recasting halfway through the season. Uh, I I don't know what happened, but then the original character, the original actress, uh, came back for the last episode. I, I so what I looked up and found that she just got tired of doing the show, and so they recast somebody. And then I guess halfway through it, it they said, "Oh, we're this is gonna be our last season." So she goes, "Okay, I'll come back for the last episode." But she said in one of the interviews that the eighth season was always going to be her last one, regardless. Um, so I guess they were planning for the show to keep going and then it didn't. So I don't, that was, it was really weird. So strange. Like something happened. I'm not going to spoil anything, but something happened in the show. And I was like, are they about to bring out, did they recast her? And then it happened and I was like, oh, okay. Sure enough. They did. I said, I wonder if this is permanent. If there's just like a little story arc we're doing and it was permanent until the last episode. I was like, okay, (laughs) you know, pump the brakes here. So, I, I love Black Lightning. I love Painkiller. They had several episodes in here where Painkiller, you could tell they did that CW thing where they have a full episode of what the spinoff is going to be. And uh-huh. I was really excited because I love Pain Character, the character, and it never has, happened. Has it already been eight seasons? Is it eight? It might be eight or five. I'm going to, let me just redouble up here, make sure. I- Five sounds better, but eight, yeah. I was like, wow, I missed a lot. Because <laughs> I watched the first two. Okay, four seasons. <laughs> okay. I don't know where I was getting eight from. I really have no idea where that one came from. Maybe, uh, Everything felt twice as long as it actually yeah, was. Maybe it was uh, 
the 108 seasons because I just watched all those. Anyways, so and then the other show, we talked to hinted at it uh, a couple shows ago. We've actually hinted at this. I started watching CW's Batwoman. Now, going into this had a lot of trepidation. I was like, I really, yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Batman character. So I was like, I'm really not going to like this. I hadn't heard the best things about this show. I'm going to be honest with you. Everybody, let's keep it a secret. We're going I am really hooked and enjoying this show, like a whole lot. And it's, I am, I think, 19, 18 or 19 episodes into the first season of a 20-season show. And so season two just uh, stopped filming last weekend of recording. So I'm ready for it to drop on either Netflix or HBO Max. Because that's what I'm watching on it now is HBO Max. Because I am, I'm ready. I'm very curious with the, the casting change and see what happens. Uh, I really, mm-hmm. really, really, really like Ruby Rose. Like she is a phenomenal actress. I mean, the, the whole show is really good. And I think I narrowed down why I liked it so much. It's because it reminds me a lot of Arrow. And like the first mm-hmm. couple seasons of Arrow. It, very dark yeah it, it's it's not like superman though either and that's what i was telling jamie my wife i was like it's it's not a uh dark like superman and lois is it's a dark but it's it's got it's got that cw touch it's moody yeah it's moody oh like there's like all the characters in it make sense like they they use everybody's names they Joker's been a name drop. Scarecrow, Penguin's been like everyone's been name drop. Robin, Batman, and like I mean, of course we haven't seen Batman yet. And I even watched the Crisis episode just to make sure I made sense of everything. And she fit. I mean, she pairs well with everybody. And I, I, I'm very curious to see what this new actress, if she can hold, if you she can carry the torch like uh, Ruby Rose is, but. Then again, I did not expect to enjoy the show as much as I do right now. Like, I, I, I want right. to – I think when I get off of this show, I'm going to go watch it just because I'm I'm hooked, man. It's it, – don't tell work this either, chat. Be cool. But I found myself often than not watching the TV show. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm working. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's good. I, I advise everybody to watch it. Um, I, I think it got renewed for a season three. If I'm not mistaken, let me think so. let me double check that one. But I know Ruby Rose left. Are they going to change? <laughs> Are they change actresses again? <laughs> uh, is there a Batwoman season three? Uh, premieres. Oh yeah, October thirteenth is when it premieres. Okay. So we are going, man, that's weird. It just ended. So there's like a three or four month hiatus there. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. So, but yes, I, I advise, like if you're into the Arrowverse shows, you, you have to watch this one. And um, I'm excited to see how, like, oh, I'm telling you, Chris, like the storylines are so intricate and really well written. I mean, it's, it's all the Guggenheim and, and, you know, Jeff Johns and everybody still, but like everything is... Like, I feel like the main writers from Arrow just started this one. And it, it feels so good. Like, all the animations, good. the acting's really well. There's some scenes that are hit or miss, but I'm telling you, it's it's a, a an A show. It is a, not an A minus, A plus, just an A show. So, Does it compare, especially in tone, to, uh, to Gotham? Ooh. Uh... I feel like if you like Gotham, you'll like this one as well. Like there are ser- there's still yeah. that serious tone. You don't so there's no Commissioner Gordon, or at least it hasn't been introduced to me yet. They've got this like private security firm that pretty much runs the city called the Crows, which is Kate Kane's dad is who runs it, and so that's a whole storyline. Uh, I feel like again I'm over halfway done with the first season i feel like everybody but two people two of the main characters know that she's batwoman and i like that like there's no big mystery to it like there's not dragging this along like with felicity smoke and arrow like it was just so drug out like none of that is like the one of the main characters she guesses it at the end of an episode she goes she starts putting two and two like none of these characters are dumb like she starts putting two and two together 
and she's like, Kate Kane is Batwoman. And then it ends, and then two episodes later, she confronts her like right at the beginning of the episode. And I was like, yes, absolutely. So it, it, it's really good, and I, I can't wait to watch more of it. And, and speaking of Superman and Lois, I mean, I don't think either one of us knew it was going on a two-week hiatus. <laughs> Sat down to watch the episode, was not a new one on there, and sure enough, we're on a two-week hiatus. I don't know what the reasoning is of that. I don't think there's anything coming up, or what do you think? It's COVID uh, production-related, or...? Uh- it could just be CW saying, "Hey, we want to time this finale out, yeah, with this week and pushing stuff off." I mean, they would have had there been an episode this week, um, they would have had their finale what the week after Loki has its finale, and with that buzz and then the buzz of black widow oh yeah you're gonna get stuff killed that's gonna last so maybe they're looking to push it out another week or so just to get it away from those things i mean i I don't know it makes sense i can't blame them uh hopefully they figure out what's wrong and how they can be more like the arrowverse shows i didn't say that um so speaking of loki we're going right in to heroes cravings and this is our spoiler free or spoiler filled recap and we're going to talk about everything that happened during the show. I keep forgetting to write my own recap, so we're going to denageeks.com for this one. This is by Kirsten Howard. She writes this recap. Uh, we started this episode with a little bit of a backstory. We got to witness Sylvie being snatched by the TVA as a child and eluding her variant pruning by a dispassionate Renslayer, but this scene immediately became a bit of a Loki timeline headache. This wasn't a quick pruning before a Nexus event hit the red line. Sylvie was born a Loki and lived for quite a few years on Asgard before Renslayer and the TVA stepped in. Questions arising from those events are left unanswered in this episode, so we'll have to put them on the back burner for now. We then are snapped back to the present, in quotations, because we don't really know what's going on in the TVA. When the TVA stepped in to haul Loki and Sylvie out of the Lamentous Apocalypse, which ultimately led to Mobius and B-15 facilitating their escape from captivity. We suspected this might happen. What we didn't know was how it was going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. Uh, for B-15. Take, oh, so, so we didn't know how it was going to happen. The answer came in agonizing drips as Mobius and B-15 started to question everything they thought they knew about the TVA and its mission. It was tense, from B-15 taking Sylvie back to Rock's cart and experiencing some heartbreaking memories of her true past, to Mobius finally realizing that Renslayer was a lying liar from Lytown. It really did feel like those breakthroughs, these breakthroughs could get either way because, as we're all very much well aware, Renslayer is anything but stupid. In Episode 4, Renslayer did her best to get rid of Loki and Sylvie, but the duo appeared to have formed quite the bond in their brief time together, a bond that Mobius picked up fairly quickly after love first saved the day. So I'm going to put a stop right there. What caused the, the Red Line Nexus event was them falling in love, right? Like, was them about to kiss? I think so. I think so, yeah. And that's what... I think because it was... I could be wrong. But maybe the fact that you had two variants yeah. of that power that were about to unite so to speak uh <laughs> it just sent up <laughs> it just sent up a signal yeah, it's... that caused the caused a branch because i mean you know we forget that they are extremely powerful beings mm-hmm. the lokis you know the, I mean, like gods every loki sort of tells them it loki tells them at one point you know he's like what are you going to do? Kill me? I've died a thousand times. Right. <laughs> and he has. Yeah. So. Oh, so we, we do that. Uh, many of us prefer this to stay as more of a sibling thing. In episode four, it appears to be landing groundwork for a romantic connection, at least on Loki's part. Whether this show will continue to advance the romance between them remains to be seen. Elsewhere, uh, Owen Wilson just continued killing it as Mobius. He and Loki's friendship has been such a key emotional anchor in this series and the thrill of watching Mobius connect the dots and finally try to break out of the box the TVA put him in was cut so awfully short by his sudden death at the end of a pruning stick. That came out of nowhere for me. 
Like, I was did not mm. expect that. I don't know if he's going to come back. I'm sure he is, but because we didn't really get a, a good buy for him yet. Um, All right. Let's see. Uh, help us with the scene. So, look here, Loki, fingers crossed. Happy big surprises. Okay, so they didn't really talk about it, so much of it. So, they. No one's really talking about Lady Sif being in this episode. We knew she was going to be in the show. Which was you. Yeah. And she, I mean, it was very small, but we knew Jamie Alexander was coming back for Lady Sif. We've heard whispers about it at least. And I'm really glad she did. I can't wait to see it. She's going to be in Thor. There's no way, there is no way she's not in Thor. Um, Well, you had the, uh, this, this event, um, it's actually from Norse mythology. The event that she references over and over as she comes in, you know, because Loki had cut her hair. Um, <laughs> such a such a little brother thing to it's, do, too. <laughs> it's it's from a Norse mythology storyline where Sif and Thor are actually married, hmm. and this happens during their marriage. So that's kind of interesting that Marvel would pick that to reference with this with this uh loop i wonder i wonder if it's just like a little something that in mythology yeah yeah because i mean he's the next one's all about um what's her name from the movie uh jane so we'll mm-hmm. we'll see man it was i really enjoyed seeing i was not expecting her to come stomping out and just continuously on a loop and i, I love jamie alexander but put her in more things um yeah and then, you know, Mobius not believing Loki and then believing Loki that he's a variant because he's looking up everything. Uh, and then the, the ending fight scene was my biggest gripe. The, so we've got the three timekeepers standing on the pedestal in a little foggy room. The fight scene seemed slow. The, the music was off. Like, that would have been the time to put some good music in there. Like, the Thor, at the end of Thor Ragnarok, like, it was just so action-packed. And this was an action-packed fight. But the music was just kind of mellow, and I was like, I don't, I don't get why we're, why, why did we not do a good music choice for this? Um, and then of course we we maybe end... go ahead. Maybe they they kept the music kind of muted because they, it was tied to the reveal. Right. That this really wasn't the, what it looked like. The big all all tell all ending. It was just all a bunch of robots. So. Uh, Loki and Sylvie got and their wish, Loki. and but as Loki and them are talking about it, Loki gets pruned, and Sylvie is absolutely pissed off at Renslayer. She beats her up, says, uh, "You know, you're gonna tell me everything I want to know," and that's that's what it ended. But no, no, Chris, it did not end there. For those of you who didn't know, there is a mid-credit scene, and if you haven't watched it, stop the video recording now. Welcome back. Okay, so. At the mid credit scene, we see th- four different Lokis. Loki is in a post-apocalyptic uh, Avengers um, in New York, because you can see the Avengers Tower in the background. We've got Boastful Loki. We've got um, Gator Loki. And there's two other ones, but they're all a Kid Loki. And 60s Loki. Yeah, the, the that one is, because in the credits, they listed them all as their normal names. Yeah. Now, where I'm going with this is, mainly the reason I bring up Kid Loki, is now we have another Young Avengers reference. Because Kid Loki yeah. is a Young Avenger. So now we've got uh, the WandaVision kids. We've got um, and Miss Marvel. She's coming up. We've got um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. It was his nephews. One of them is one of them. And uh-huh. now Loki, we've got Kid Loki. Yeah. Well, and also, um, there was another tie-in. So, Boastful Loki is a reference to the What If storyline. What if Loki, not Thor, had wielded the hammer? Yeah. And what's interesting is the um, that comes from What If issue 47. And when you look back into the episode when they're standing outside 
the time one of the time theaters. Uh-huh. It's time theater forty seven. Shut the front door. I'm telling you, Marvel is not dumb. They know what they're doing. No. <laughs> no. So we we don't have confirmation. So that might be one of our what if episodes. That's true. Oh, they could bring the oh that'd be that'd be dope. So we don't really know who is head of the timekeepers yet. Is is are we thinking <laughs> Renslayer is the the top of the top, or is do we still have a king waiting for? No, but I think she knows what's going on. She's too loyal. I I think, yeah. And she was ready to die. What? You know, she told Sophie, "Kill me," and she's like, "No, you're gonna answer all my right. questions." Well, she, I mean, Morbi- Mobius gets killed. Loki, for all intents and purposes, gets killed. Uh, she. Well, Mobius could be in some post-apocalyptic world, too. Well, and, and she knows they're all variants. He said, you know, are we all, you knew? And she's like, yeah. And like, oh, the the whole episode of, uh, was it B20? I think it was what her, her name was. B15? B, no, not B15. Not the one that uh, helped. The, the Oh, the uh, pruned. C20, right? Yeah, C20. I think it was C20. Is she, like, Mobius is like, oh, you know, what happened to her? They said, oh, we had to put her down. She, she lost her mind and everything. And he saw the video of her like, no, we're all variants. I had a life before this. And you wiped my memory from it. And he sees Renslayer sees it. I mean, it, it's obvious who our douche canoe of the week is. Because, I mean, it's obviously the Renslayer. Because she did it. It was horrible the whole episode. Like, horrible. Yeah. Ugh. I tell you what, the I think maybe the most emotional scene in the whole thing was B fifteen with that line of I was happy. Yeah. Oh. When she got access to her memories. Cause she's she's yeah. starting to cry. And this this woman is tough. Like we've never seen her like this. And she she just I was happy. Yeah. Boom. Oh man, it was what a show! I, I I'm excited. So as as it sits right now, I think WandaVision probably tops it. Uh, so like it goes Falcon and Winter Soldier, WandaVision, and, and Loki. We still have two episodes left, but WandaVision just had something special because it was our first um, our first series, and mm-hmm. everyone was guessing of what was going to happen, who was going to come in, and, and just Falcon and Winter Soldier. I just I love those characters more than I like all these other ones. Yeah, definitely. Um, Loki could blow us away with the final two episodes, mm-hmm. um, and it's. I'm I'm still curious about the TVA. Like, what are we gonna do? How are, how are they gonna set up? Because you've got what if next? Mm-hmm. What's the next series? Uh, Miss the next live action series. So that's Ms. Marvel. So that would make sense. We're getting, we're dropping the other Young Avengers, as yeah. you mentioned. And this is going to be... It's supposed to be Hawkeye after that. So it goes, what if Miss Marvel, Eternals, Shang-Chi, um, Spider-Man, and then the Hawkeye movie. The Hawkeye show. Hawkeye show is early next year. Now, when do we get She-Hulk? Oh, I don't. Oh, I forgot about that one too. I don't know when we get She-Hulk. I'm just looking. Like, will they make us wait for the reveal of the yes. Timekeepers? Because I mean, I think the next time we get anything to do with this, going to be Ant Man. They'll have to give us some sort of a conclusion. Well, we should have like the multiverse to deal with. Is our issue? Yeah. And I wonder if this ties in with it with the the Loki variants now. If that's a multiverse issue or that's a TVA issue, I don't, I don't know. Marvel knows what they're doing though, so they'll figure yeah. it out. And speaking of Loki, put a pin in it. Once we talk about, um, do I have? I don't know where that one's at. I think it's the movies. It, anyways, we'll get there. Uh, so let's get right into our TV news. Number one, the Flash original cast members have signed on for season eight. We're going to Deadline.com by Nelly Andreva for this one. Exclusive, the Flash original cast members Jesse L. Martin, Candace Patton, and Danielle Panabaker have closed new deals with series producer Warner Brothers Television to continue on the CW drama in its upcoming eighth season. 
The trio joins star Grant Gustin, whose current contract already goes through next season. Uh, Martin's, Patton's, and Panda Baker's contracts are up at the end of season seven. The network has not indicated where season eight will be the, flash, the Flash's final chapter. The remaining two Flash original cast members, Tom Cavanaugh and Carlos Valdez, are leaving at the end of the current season. So, at least we got film for the rest of this one. Do we think this is the last Flash season, though? Or do you think they'll try to go for 10? Uh, may as well go for 10. I mean, it, it's interesting that the, they're heading into season 8 for this. And Arrow, which kicked all this off, was what, 7 seasons? Uh, it ended. I think it ended in, with 8. See, I don't know why 8 keeps coming ahead all, of my, all night long tonight. Uh, let me find it here. Um, I was thinking 7, but it could be 8. It's 8. But if it's seven, this shows out. Okay, it's eight. Mm-hmm. So this, maybe they're doing eight, eight, eight. You know, yeah. if it's good enough to last eight seasons. I but don't. This I don't. is, it, it. At least the last time I looked, the Flash was bringing in the ratings. Right. So do you get rid of it after well, eight seasons if it's still chugging along? Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stories you can do with the Flash. I mean, Flash is a popular character, but uh, they need to, again, they're going to have to pull the fixed Flash, uh, Superman and Lois. Anyways, number two, <laughs> Powerhouse Animation has signed a first-look deal with Netflix to produce more animated series. Going back to Deadline.com by Nelly and Driva again. Powerhouse Animation Studios, which is behind Netflix's Castlevania franchise and the upcoming Tomb Raider and Skull Island anime series, is formalizing its relationship with the streamer by signing a first-look deal to produce more animated series. Under the pact, Powerhouse Animation will continue to work with Netflix on the new Castlevania series set in the same universe as the original, which recently wrapped its fourth and final season. Um, so, more more shows. I mean, it's, it's doing great. Uh, so... Netflix and Powerhouse's collaborations also include the Greek mythology-based series Blood of Zeus, Seis Manos, and upcoming Masters of the Universe Revelation with uh, Kevin Smith. So, I mean, they've got a good uh, record with them, and I'm glad that they're still continuing to do that and to bring more content to Netflix uh, instead of putting it on more services that we're going to have to buy. Um, Yeah. Number three and number three and number four kind of go hand-in-hand together. The Last of Us TV series has found Joel's daughter. We're going to Variety.com by Joe Otterson on this one. The Last of Us series at HBO has added Nico Parker in a guest starring role Variety has confirmed. Parker will appear as Sarah, the daughter of Joel, along with Pascal. Parker joins previously announced cast members Bella Ramsey, Gabriel Luna, and Marley Dandridge. So if you know anything um, about the, the, sh- the game, she's not going to be in it too terribly long. <laughs> <laughs> She's maybe an episode. I don't know how they're going to play it. Um, which brings us to the last TV news stories here. Uh, speaking of the, la- the Last of Us, the show has officially begun filming. I'm going to comicbookresources.com for this one. Uh, the Last of Us, Gabriel Luna confirmed that filming on the HBO video game adaptation has officially started. Quote, already love these folks, uh, Luna wrote on Instagram, showing a photo of him in a car with a production crew and co-stars Pedro Pascal and Nico Parker, which of course is the seminal uh, beginning scene of them leaving the house. So uh, I like that they're starting at the I beginning. Wonder, I wonder if they'll kind of keep her involved, though, maybe put some flashbacks mm. sprinkled in throughout episodes. Yeah. Maybe something like that so that they can continue to bring her back. I mean, that would be smart, Chris, but then again, I'm, I'm not a TV producer or writer or anything like that, so I couldn't really, <laughs> I can't really answer to that. Um, I don't think, I, actually, I did not put this news story in here. I don't know why. Oh, because I, I was going to put it in on the releases. So, July 7th, we have a, a Loki tie-in show with The Simpsons. Uh, make sure, it's a short little special. Make sure you watch that. I don't know why I didn't. Oh, never mind. It's on yours. Ignore, scratch everything I said. It's in your new stuff. Uh, releases this week, Wednesday, July 7th, a new season of Riverdale on CW premieres. That's another show I need to catch up on. I really enjoy the first two seasons. I just need to catch up on it. And that, listen, I'm just a big CW head, guys. I mean, if it's a good show, anything with a dynasty, I pretty much watch on CW. Let's just be honest. 
<laughs> Let's kick it over to you, Chris. I mean. Okay. Uh, time for movies. So, we obviously were going to have our review of the week. Did you watch anything else? Uh, I did not. You've been binging the TV shows. Yeah, so. that's, that's all I've been doing in some video game playing. Right. I, um... I happened to catch one. It wasn't planned. Um, it was She-Wolf of London. And this was from 1946. Mm. It had... Ju- June Lockhart was the star. and I, Most people probably remember her as the mom on the TV show Lassie from the 50s and 60s. But I, I put it into my... Um, letterboxd i gave it two stars it was all right it's really short basically lockhart's character is this young girl young woman who uh she keeps waking up noticing that there's mud on her bedroom slippers there's the hem of her nightgown is is wet and every time she notices this it's the morning after a reported attack where someone's been mauled by an animal-like creature in the park. So she starts to assume that her family curse is afflicting her, that she's a werewolf. Hmm. And uh, it's if you are a horror fan, if you like the classic Universal Monsters, it's a nice little watch, just to say you saw it. But Is she actually a werewolf? Yeah. Uh, well, it's been out for a while, so yeah. I'll go ahead and spoil it. Uh, no, okay. she's not. It's okay. Well, you know. No. <laughs> I'd ask. But. <laughs> All right. So this week we watched film that we've we've talked about watching before, and it just never came up. Um, I care a lot. I care a lot about starring you too, Rosamund Chris. Pike. I've been, yeah. been waiting well, all night to make that joke. Mutual, Tyler. Wait, wait yeah. all night for that joke. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we are putting the spoiler this tag was up for a this film. One. This was a film that, honestly, I didn't know what I was going to think about it going in because I hadn't heard a ton about it. But I, I knew the like the general plot, um, and there was one point toward the end I was really worried that she wasn't going to get what was coming to her. Yeah. Oh God, that you know was the I mean? whole movie. Like it, <laughs> she just kept slipping out of these. I know. But I gotta say, she does an amazing job in this film. Rosamund Pike does great performance. But some of the facial expressions from Peter Dinklage. I know. <laughs> just steal the show. The like, the, the lawyer the for looks me. he gives. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say the looks he gives in some of those scenes. It's just like, even when he's picking out the pastries the first time we mm-hmm. see him. And he just. Peter Dinklage is, is uh, one of my favorite actors. Like, He's so good. Yeah. yeah ab- I love the lawyer in this one as well. Uh, Chris Messina, who mm-hmm. plays Dean. Like, mm-hmm. his acting performance was really well done. Like, even from the office scene, the court scene, and then him running from the, the stuff being thrown at him in Peter Dinklage's uh, office was a lot of fun. Yeah. I just, and he looked, he looked real good, too. The suits that he kept wearing, because you could tell he was full money. But, yeah. Uh, this this I, movie. I really wish. Go ahead. I wish we'd gotten more with his character. Yeah. As the movie went on. I think it'd be fun to have to have more movies of this, like a same like a sequel. I doubt that they will make any more of these, uh, but I liked it. It was it was a lot of fun. So it. Oh, hold on. Oh, excuse me. The 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 movie like she was she's she's being a guardian. For all of these, she's strong arming 
and corrupting the whole system to be guardians of these rich white people and just stealing all their money and their possessions. Like when she starts off with the with the main lady, we see what she's all about, um, Jennifer Peterson. Like she goes uh-huh. in, like we saw her whole process. Diane Weiss. Yeah, I mean, she did yeah. great too, and she looks perfect. That, yeah, phenomenal. But that was the part that kind of got me because you're going through. It's it's almost it's not time lapse, but there's it's this montage of the events, right? Where they're they're cleaning out the house, they're mm-hmm. inventorying her house. Because what they do is they they drop by with court papers. She's never seen any of these people. Dude, they, she never the, said the, the doctors are corrupt. Nothing. I mean, the the yeah. person the nursing home's corrupt. I'm like, what is going on? So they show up on her doorstep on Diane Weiss doorstep her name i think in the movies jennifer peterson peterson mm-hmm. uh they show up on her doorstep to a house that's paid for by the way fully paid for comfortable life and they're like hey we need you to come with us you're going into this home because you're not able to take care of yourself. She's like, what are you We've about? seen like she's she's going to community center, swimming classes. She's doing things with friends. She's cleaning. She's making right. a pot of tea. Oh, I was like, this is hard. This hurts. <laughs> and so they they get her down there all in a day, right? right? So they they help her pack something. They get her checked in. They ask her for her. They they kind of trick her. They're like, do you have a cell phone? unlock it i'll put my number in and then (laughs) right after she does she hands the phone to the people at the (laughs) right she hands the phone to the people that work at the home and she's like what she's like no for your safety you shouldn't have that you can always ask for it later which you can't right because as soon as she tries to ask for it later uh they jab a needle in her and it's like oh yeah that's what this is but you get this this uh, montage of them cataloging everything in the house, uh, auctioning it off, they're repainting the house, and all this. And I'm thinking, all right, they're efficient. What, what have we lost here? Like two months to organize? No, it's been two weeks. Right. <laughs> two weeks from them getting her out the door to the time that the cab driver shows up to pick her up and that's where the story takes off oh it was because he's not a, he's not a cab driver no he's he works for her son that no one knows anything about which is peter dinklage and because he is a he's a crime boss thought dead so he tries to stay under the radar and they can only meet like what once a month once a month they get to meet and i love the way and, they revealed uh, that this guy's yeah and this guy's supposed to pick her up and he goes by and they're in there painting the the walls of the house he's like yeah, they got paint swatches and peterson and they're like oh yeah she's like oh she doesn't live here anymore he's like oh <laughs> it's just like oh, okay and, <laughs> and you know something's up because he's walking away you know there's a uh, the the girl um, Fran mm-hmm. asks, Frankie. "Who called you?" And his he just ignores her. You're right. Like, oh, it's yeah. getting real now. But so the way that they did the storyline with with them being like ex Russians, and like she took the name of someone that like died and still like newborn or something like that. And I, yeah. I, I really like it when she's sitting at the nursing home and uh, Marla Grayson comes up and she's like, oh, you know, all this and stuff is happening. And she said, wait, what day is it? And she said, oh, it's the 15th. Oh, she goes, oh, so the 8th was last week. He's coming for you. And I was like, oh, yes, he <laughs> is. And I was like, she's about to get everything that's coming to her. And then like we get to the ending. And again, spoilers tags are full up. If you have not seen this movie or don't care about this movie to see it at all, you can keep listening, but or skip ahead a little bit. But it was the like I was waiting so much for her to get what's coming. I was like, then they drive her into the water. I was like, oh, finally. 
Phil, like, no, of course that's too easy. You pump her stomach full of alcohol, put an alcohol bottle on there, and she wakes up, and of course she escapes. Of course she does. She can hold her breath as long as, you know, a, a dolphin can. Hell, I don't know. Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but then we get to the ending of it, and the ending was what was great for me. I was the, really thinking she was getting off scotch-free from all of this. And she... Yeah. Like she makes a uh, partnership with Peter uh, Dinklage, Roman Lunyov's plan, and it was smart. She makes this pharmaceutical company. There's a whole from the top down. She's in control of all of it. And then the character from the very beginning, the first opening scene, it, it kills her. <laughs> I was like, did not see that coming. And I loved every bit of writing aspect for this whole movie. Because I was like, surely they're not going to do this. And like, you see him, like, she's walking down those steps at the news station, and you see his hat, because he wears the same hat to the whole show, and you see it in the back of the scene. And I was like, is that? And then, sure enough, she turns around and she, he goes, hey, my mom died last week. Bow! I was like, mm, okay. So I loved it. Uh, for me, well, and, this yeah. was a B minus for me. Yeah, I'd, I'd put it about there. I gave it. I think I gave this one three, three and a half stars. Uh, but yeah, I, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie, the, the way that they bring this guy back. Because you have, I think, two scenes in the movie with him mm -hmm. at the beginning where he he goes off inside the, the senior <laughs> home so because funny. he's trying to see his mom. And then you get the uh, the scene next in the courtroom where they're trying to basically keep him from being able to go back. And so then at the end, yeah, he comes up and he says, hey, my mom died, and I couldn't be there with her. And he shoots her. And that's the judge he, in this show shoots. is infuriating to me. Like, he's he's not guilty. He's just dumb what, and gullible to, yeah. to what Miss Grayson is telling yeah. him. Like, everything, like, even from... Uh -huh. from uh, the Dean's character, or to Dean Erickson, the lawyer, to this scene, to getting conservatorship from the other doctor and stuff like that. And I was like, how do you not realize this is happening? But I mean, I guess mm. there's a lot of other stuff going on in the world with him. So. A bit, but I, one thing I didn't like, and this was one of the things that kind of knocked it down for me just slightly, was the fact that um, that scene with the car crash. Mm -hmm. there's no way that she's coming to and she's coherent enough that quickly no and that's why she would she be drunk try try to stop the car yeah and to also get out her blood alcohol level they the syringe they filled with vodka was pretty sizable and right. they fed it through her nose yeah directly into her stomach yeah so I, you know, it, no, it, it yeah. wouldn't have happened. <laughs> like, she wouldn't even wouldn't disoriented getting all. out of the, the water or no. walking around or anything. So, and, and the look on the guy's face in the gas station. Just <laughs> just a, <laughs> nothing, just a blank expression the whole time. She goes, I'll pay you 50 for a phone. He goes, <laughs> I was like, Dude, what are you doing? He, he's seen some stuff. That guy has seen some things. Yeah. <laughs> I recommend yeah, it. Definitely. I recommend but, this movie. You know, oh yeah, definitely. Um, everybody should see it. It's probably going to be some people's uh, cup of tea more than others. Mm -hmm. Like I said, you know, I I think I gave it three and a half on Letterbox, B minus. Yeah. Um, but fun watch. I was I was gaming a little while I was watching it, and mm. I was like. I couldn't focus on the game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Our next movie obviously is going to be Black Widow. We're going to go watch that and we're going to have our full ratings and review. Chris, it has been two years since we have had a Marvel movie. Two whole years. Good Lord. It, it's nuts. I thought a year was crazy, but we have, we've had Marvel content. But as far as movies, it's been two full years now. Mm, 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 mm. So, we will move on then to movie news. And up first from Variety, and Antonio Ferrame, I think is how you say it, 
Ryan Johnson announces Knives Out 2 is starting production in Greece. Detective Benoit Blanc's next investigation has begun, and it looks like he'll be leaving Massachusetts behind for a much sunnier location. Ryan Johnson announced on Twitter Monday morning production on Knives Out 2 has commenced in the warm Mediterranean shores of Greece. And we're off, Johnson wrote. Day one of filming on the next Benoit Blanc mystery. Thanks to all the lovely patient people here in Greece for letting us do all this murdering on their peaceful shores. <laughs> Don't know if that's um, how I would have quoted it. <laughs> and and just as a reminder, of course, Daniel Craig is Benoit Blanc, but then he's joined by Dave Bautista, Edward Norton, Janelle Monet. Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, Madeline Klein, and Jessica Henwick. This is going to be... I can't wait. I can't wait for that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still wonder if we'll get like a cameo of somebody right. from the first one. That should be good, though. Something else that should be good is from Collider and Jeff Snyder. An exclusive report from him, Transformers Rise of the Beasts adds Ron Perlman as the voice of Optimus Primal. Um, it says Optimus Primal is the fearless leader of the Maximals, and though Perlman did not voice Primal in the original Beast Wars Transformers series, that was Gary Chalk. He did voice the character in the animated series Transformers Power of the Primes. And for those wondering, yes, Peter Cullen will return to voice Optimus Prime in the character's G1 robot form. And the movie's plot will reveal why this cy Cybertronian has a connection to Earth and humanity. Um, I'm in. Yeah. You put Ron Perlman in something, I want to see it. <laughs> I want to watch it. I want to watch it. All right, let's see. Next up. Sorry, this thing's loading. Superherohype.com and Jake Abate. Is that right? That's, no. what, that's what I'm going I with. I don't know. We're going with it. Uh, reports Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom has started filming. And uh, let's see. Arthur Curry is officially on his way back to Atlantis. Earlier today, director James Wan announced Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is now in production. Wan marked the first day of filming on the sequel with a post on Instagram, which was just a picture of the clapboard. And it has a different title. Um, the film's working title is Necris. Hmm. They usually give working titles to keep people away so that if someone catches a glimpse oh. of something with the title on it, they don't give away so you don't what's have fans all over the place. Um, hmm. Right, yeah. Diehards would still probably know it. Um, because it points out, DC fans might recognize this as the name of another underwater city introduced in an issue of Aquaman in the 60s. Also called the Black City, Necris could only exist on the material plane for short periods of time, and it never appeared in the same location twice. Hmm. The city was also ruled by a tyrant named Mongo, who led his militaristic society to war against Atlantis for its leniency towards surface dwellers. What's he got against surface yeah. dwellers? What did we do? Just I'm breathe there and leave us alone. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> also... Well, this is just a quick tidbit. This news has gotten out everywhere. John Wick 4 has started filming this week. Enough said. Yep. I feel like we're having a theme also, uh, this week of everything starting to film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All these, I think, you know, people are like, hey, let's get back to work. Mm -hmm. uh, from Variety.com's Adam B. Very and Mark Malkin. Black Panther Wakanda Forever production starts in Atlanta. We're going to make Chad proud is the quote. So um, this is one of those that 
we have heard that Chadwick, a representation of Chadwick Boseman will be in this movie. They're going to use computer technology to have him in there until the character is killed off. So, and we will have a new Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, the release date is scheduled to be July 8th, 2022. Um, it's crazy, just one year away. It's clearly, yeah, it's clearly very emotional without Chad, Feige said, before the Black Widow Global Fan Event in Los Angeles on Tuesday night. But everyone is also very excited to bring the world of Wakanda back to the public and back to the fans. We're going to do it in a way that would make Chad proud. And that makes so, me happy. That's got to be emotional because mm-hmm. so many of the people that worked on the first one, of course, are going to come back and work on this one. And he's not there. Yeah. And that's got to be that's got to be rough. Mm-hmm. All right. So Tyler, you put you put a pin in something a while ago. Yeah, and we're gonna, let's just take that pin right on out. Just go ahead and pull it well, out. Take that pin out. From Variety and Antonio Ferrame, Loki and Bart Simpson team up in Marvel's Simpsons crossover short on Disney Plus, and this looks fantastic. Yes, it does. I can't um, wait. <laughs> I don't watch much Simpsons, but I'm gonna watch this. Right. Loki has fought the Avengers and the Time Variance Authority, but he now faces his toughest opponent yet, the Simpsons family and Springfield's mightiest heroes. (laughs) Disney Plus has announced a new Marvel-themed short from the Simpsons titled The Good, the Bart, and the Loki. I love it. Which will premiere on July the 7th alongside the fifth episode of Loki. So they're dropping the exact same time. (laughs) Yeah. After being banished from Asgard once again, Loki will team up with Bart Simpson in a crossover event that pays homage to the Marvel Cinematic Universe's most exemplary heroes and villains. Loki star Tom Hiddleston will lend his voice as the god of mischief for the animated short, where he will cross paths with many fan-favorite characters from The Simpsons. Um... Yeah, this is going to be a fun watch. We may as well watch it for next week's show as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a short. Yeah. It'll be like, what, eight minutes probably? Something like that. But yeah. It's going to be fun. Uh, I did not catch the first one, but but they had another one that they mentioned again here where they released Maggie Simpson. And the Force awakens from its nap. Back on <laughs> I didn't May say the, that one. May the Force. So, yeah. Looking forward to that. And then, uh, here's one from one of our favorite actresses, as well as one of our favorite projects that we've covered here on the show. Uh, com's Mark Malkin. Charlize Theron says Old Guard sequel script is complete, filming to begin early next year. Oh, bring it um, on. It's official. She says the script is done for the sequel to The Old Guard. Her next, her Netflix film adaptation of the graphic novel of the same name. Cameras start rolling in the first quarter of 2022. Um, it, this is kind of it's kind of jarring the next sentence because the way that they throw it out there. But it just says, the gay couple played by Marwan Kinzari and Luca Marinelli will be back too. Um, couldn't have just used the... Yeah, I just couldn't say they're going to be back. I mean... I, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. First of all. She was like, oh yeah, they're definitely there. <laughs> Meanwhile, Vin Diesel tells me he has writers working on a Fast and Furious spinoff for Theron, for Theron's character, Cypher. Mm-hmm. Look, can we get be done with the Fast and Furious stuff you already? Wa- you watch your mouth, Chris. Uh, Those one thing movies the Oscar... are saints. No. <laughs> he said no. <laughs> boondock saints. Now, that that's that's what we need more of, the boondock uh, saints. I thought I had this in there. Um, one thing the Oscar... One thing the Oscar winner won't be doing is guest hosting The Bachelor. Speaking of of 
Charlize Theron. You'd think producers of the romance reality shows would have asked Theron, an unabashed and vocal fan of the franchise. They have not, she corrected her Africa Outreach Project benefit. Would she do it? No, she said. I'd make a terrible host. I know my strengths. Um, yeah, so... That's that's the main thing. Mm. But yeah, we're going with that. I'm looking forward to that. Um, it was very, very good. The first one, I know we both really loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, that was one of, one of those things where as soon as shows. it ended, it was one of those where as soon as it ended, I was kind of like, I know this is brand new, but damn it, I really want to <laughs> see another one. You know? Okay, I, you know, I'm going to send that in to, I, I uh, wish, to Netflix. <laughs> Here's our official I review. I wish this there. It, it, it did. It, it kind of left me that way, the original, you know, where it was just, I want to see another story with these characters. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't one ready. So I'm glad that they're fast-tracking um, this just for me. Anyway, uh, as you mentioned before, as we've mentioned previously, um, the upcoming week sees one major new release in filmdom. It's cinemas, and with Disney Plus, you can watch Black Widow. Finally, finally. July the I'm just waiting for some Nexus event to cause them to push it it back again. Stop it! We're not. Don't put that evil upon us. Next topic is, of course, Avidia Games. I'm going to start off with what I've been playing, a game called Scarlet Nexus. Uh, it's a anime-style game. It's got RPG elements to it. It's a lot of fun. I've got it for my Xbox. And the, the combat's a lot of fun. You are a a Scarlet... A, I'm not too far into it, so it's hard to kind of describe the game. It's... It's a very anime-esque style game, but it's a lot of fun. The RPG elements are, are there, but yeah. I've, I've mainly been playing Destiny 2, so I haven't spent a lot of time into this because there's a uh, Summer of Solstice starts this week in Destiny on Tuesday, which is the big summer event, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to get a seal done so I can get a hoodie. And But anyways, I, I can't wait. Chris, what you are you a uh, Are you a Scarlet Witch? No, I'm in I'm the Scarlet Nexus, baby. Scarlet Spider. Um, <laughs> do this all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Uh, Scarlet Johansson. Um, we're just gonna keep rolling with it, right? Not really. No. Uh, I'm I'm out of Scarlet's. Miss Scarlet in the library with the uh, candlestick. No. Um, I've been playing some some show. Um, my external hard drive for my Xbox S arrived a little bit late, so I, I wasn't actually downloading games uh, until it got here. So I'm going to be jumping into it this next week. I've got tomorrow off. I've got Thursday off. So yeah, I've, I've only got to work two days this week. So, yeah, going to have some fun. I think I'll probably start with the Telltale games mm-hmm. just because it's easy to kind of bust through those and then go from there. But... Uh, yeah, I actually dipped back into Madden to get the rookie premieres done. I started doing that three or so weeks ago. You want to get those done so you can get a good head start next year. And, um, yeah, I've been following a lot of that news, too. This a lot is, of the Madden uh, stuff. This is Talking the last about month 22. of football. Yeah. But Madden 22, they've already announced a huge number of changes for franchise. Um they're going to have it set up so that uh, when you're in a visiting stadium, if the the home team does certain things, it'll trigger crowd advantages mm. um, to make it harder for the visiting team. So you're going to have, I think they're calling it dynamic game day um, features. And uh, they've overhauled scouting. We're going to get that in September with a patch. And uh, it's... It's looking phenomenal. We have coordinators in the game again for franchise and, and stuff like that. So a lot of changes, man. It's I think they've they've stepped it up. 
and I think it's going to go back to being a, a top-shelf game again. And we've got, uh, of course, the NCAA announcing this week as well that uh, college players can get money off of likenesses and deals and stuff like that. So that's obviously going to come into the NCAA game that will be out next year. So hopefully they can put everybody mm-hmm. in it and pay the players what they you know, are owed or do, whatever you want to say it. Um, yeah. But I've also been playing for our first news story here. Xbox Cloud Gaming is now live on Windows 10 and Apple devices across 22 countries. I have tried it out personally. Uh, not much. I would need to get a backbone controller, which you just, just fits under your cell phones, and you play it there. I've had a lot of latency issues. Like I tried playing Destiny 2 through my phone, like right beside where my, uh, my router and modem is. And... Like, you could hit up, and it would take, like, a little bit of a millisecond. Like, it's, it doesn't feel like you were actually controlling it on time, if that makes any sense. Like, if I press up, right. like, half a millisecond later, it go it looks up or something like that. Uh, so, right. for right now, it's, I mean, they're, they're, it's very much in the beta. I mean, I played it day of and a couple of days later. It's, but if you have a backbone controller that plugs directly into your phone, I think that's not going to be that big of an issue. Uh, I just don't want to spend the hundred dollars for it right now, and no. but once I do, like I could play Destiny in bed, I could play Skyrim, in bed. I could do anywhere that I'm connected to Wi-Fi. Like once we go to the movies on Thursday, uh, if I was connected to the Wi-Fi and it's decent enough, I could be sitting there playing games while we're sitting there. Um, but I'm excited about it. Um, no, you go, can't. No, I can't. No, we'll be we'll be too excited. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going over to the Xboxnews.com uh, for this one by. Catherine Gluckstein, Vice President, Head of Product, xCloud Gaming. At Xbox, our mission is, to, is simple. Bring the joy and community of gaming to everyone on the planet. To achieve that, we aspire to empower everyone to play the games you want with the people you want anywhere you want. We are creating a future that combines the gaming heritage of Xbox and the power of Azure. A future where we bring high-fidelity, immersed games to 3 billion players around the world. Now we're taking a big step towards reaching that vision. Starting today, Xbox Cloud Gaming is available to all Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members with the Windows 10 PCs and Apple phones and tablets via browser across 22 countries. Um, she goes on to say you know, all about what's going on with it. And we're also making significant improvements to the overall experience. Xbox Cloud Gaming is now powered by Xbox Series X hardware. We've been upgrading Microsoft data centers around the globe with the fastest, most powerful Xbox hardware to give you faster load times, improved frame rates, and an experience of a new generation of gaming. To ensure the lowest latency, highest quality experience across the broadest set of devices, we'll be streaming at 1080p and up to 60 frames per second going forward. We will continue to innovate and add more features to enhance your cloud gaming experience. I love, love, love Xbox's commitment to, to want to bring games everywhere and to make it the guest in gaming the best it could possibly be. And again, once I get that backbone, I mean, it might be, I might buy it with this paycheck coming up, but uh, I, if I can sit there and play Destiny with Bluetooth speakers in my, <laughs> in my head and in bed or playing Skyrim in bed and stuff like that, I... I I, I'm gonna be a new man. I'm just gonna let you know right now. I don't have to be confined to this chair or anything. I can walk around the house like it's essentially like a switch, you know. And uh, I'm excited about that. So I, I can't wait for chill out on the back deck. Grill. Right. Oh, Chris, don't even get Land. me started sitting here in my club diet coke hat, just sitting there flipping some burgers, picking my phone back up, killing some Draugr and uh, Skyrim or something. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, my next story we've got here is PlayStation acquires House Mark Studios. We're going to the uh, PlayStationBlog.com for this one, and this is by if it will load Herman Holst, uh, head of PlayStation Studios. Today, I am thrilled to welcome a new member to the PlayStation Studios family. I have been a fan of House Mark's House Mark since the studio's early days when they introduced Super Stardust HD to PlayStation fans. Housemark's recent release of Returnal proves the studio is the is one with incredible vision, capable of creating memorable new games that resonate with our community. This addition enhances the creative force of PlayStation Studios, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for Housemark. Um, this is from Iliari Kutenheim, co-founder and managing director at Housemark. Today is a big day for Housemark, and it has been over 26 years in the making. Our strong partnership with Sony Interactive Entertainment started with Super Stardust HD on PS3, and since then we have made arcade-inspired games for all the PlayStation platforms. 
With Returnal for PlayStation 5, our most recent release, our biggest foray into third-person action gaming solidified our voice and brand in the industry as delivering unique and quality player experiences. Uh, They go on to say, you know, their history a little bit more, what it means for fans and things like that. If you want to read all that, of course, go to PlayStationBlog.com for that big scoop. And speaking on PlayStation, we are going to end the show with this little news bit. Our PlayStation uh, monthly games have been released for July. And we have A Plague Tale Innocence coming on PlayStation 5, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, PlayStation 4, and Battle WWE 2K Battlegrounds for PlayStation 4 as well. All free to download. Make sure you always do that. Even if you don't download them, make sure you add them to your library so you don't have to pay for them in the future. Right. Notable new releases this week. We've got Plague Tale Innocence. Comes to PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, and Switch July 6th. Watch Dogs Legion's Bloodline DLC for all the consoles. Come out July 6th. Fallout 76 Steel Rain update comes out for everything on July 7th. And Chris? That won't. That is our show. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you rate and review us on whatever platform you are on, whether it's YouTube or any kind of podcasting service. If you don't like what you heard or if there's something we can improve upon, let us know down in the comments below so we can help. If you don't, let us know what it is. We can't help and fix what's going on. As always, if you want to follow us on social media, go to NerdWide. uh, Follow us on NerdWide and at Nerd underscore Wide on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Ty underscore Haynes. Chris at MathTN7. If you like Facebook, you can always go to facebook.com slash nerdwide should be the link. Or just search nerdwide in the um, search bar and you'll find us. We have a pretty exciting review coming next week, Chris. Is that correct? Or is it the week after? Next week. Next week, okay. And I can't wait for you guys to see that. It's something we've been, uh, Chris has been working on for the past couple of weeks. I'm excited to share that all with you. But guys, this has been the NerdWide Podcast. As always, thank you so much for your support. And we cannot wait to see you next week. Have a safe July 4th. And uh, game on. Later, guys.